All right, Shavosai, good morning. Let us begin by thanking the sponsors for this morning. Should to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Kislev. Josh and Becca Friedman for dedicating all the Shurim. This month, Le'ilu Nishmas, Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda ben Rav Chaim Rafael Zichron of the Bracha. To thank Semi Malka Esterson for dedicating all the Shurim this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchak Leib ben Aaron Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Barach Avram, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, and Amizchus, of continued health and longevity for Mr. Morton Esterson, Admeva Esterson, Shannon Tovos. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating the Shurim this month in commemoration of the yard site of Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Zichron Livracha Ben Yaakov. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Steve Golaskov, in honor of his daughter Rivi's upcoming wedding to Ali Bogart, and in honor of his father's upcoming first yard site. And Hashem Shavin Aliyah, Chassin and Kala should go to the Chuppah B'Sha'a Tova Umetzlachos, and our week of learning sponsors, the Pepper family, again, in the merit of a Rafur Shlema for Yaakov ben Racha. We thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. I will say, with that, let us begin. We have a great daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Lamed Hay, 35. 35. Uh-oh, okay, Chavran Zoom, you still hear me all right? Excellent. All right, and we are picking up a Merit Hashem on the top of, right? Yeah, we got up. We got up to the top of Lamed Hay Medalev. Actually, we got further. We got further, but let's start from there again. Good. Let's start from there again. Top of Laman Hamadal of 35A, first line. So, we'll see, so, if you remember again, we're dealing with a couple of very interesting questions, which are, right? So, we're dealing with one question. Rabbi Chia Bar Avin asked of Rabba the following situation. If Ruvain says to Shimon, Kikari Alecha, right? My Kikar, my Kikar is prohibited to you. So remember again, and then what happens? Ruven gives that very loaf to Shimon as a matana. So what is the halacha? What is the halacha? Does the giving of a gift kind of take it away from the status of it's no longer kikari, it's no longer my loaf, right? If Ruven gifts the loaf, it's no longer my loaf, right? Or no, does it retain the identity of my loaf? So the Gemara, so the Gemara seemed to say that giving it away as a gift does not take away its prohibited status. Not that it's prohibited status. The Gemara then threw in a couple of different questions, or a couple of different puzzle scenarios as well. Would theft remove status, or inviting, if Reuben were to invite Shimon over for a su'uda, and ask him, and tell him, give him permission to partake of the kikar, of the loaf, would that remove its status? Okay, but we're focused right now on gift, right? So once again, Reuben says to Shimon, kikari alecha, my kikar, my loaf, is prohibited to you. And now what happens? Reuven gifts it to Shimon. So now I'll say what we've established is the giving of a gift does not remove the prohibited status from the loaf. Good. Eisvei. So now the Gemara is going to raise the kasha. What's a little chazar from yesterday? Say Eisvei raise the kasha. Amr lo, hish ilani parasa. So I'll say, remember again, Reuven goes over to Shimon. I should say, well, keep it simple. I go over to Reuven. I say, Reuven, lend me your cow. Amrlo, so Ruben says, Konam para Sha'ani Kanui. Sha actually changes it over here. Sha Sha'ani well Shani Anasava. Shani Kailacha, Nikasyalacha, Im Yeshli para elazu. So Ruben says, This para that I have should be prohibited to you if I have any other para than this one. Okay. Hish Ilani we'll no. sometimes people could just say no. Just say no, right? Right? Hish Ilani Kardumecha. I go over to Ruben and say, Ruben, lend me your axe. Amarlo, he says to me, Konam kardum shiyeshli sha'ani kanoi nechasi alai imishli kardum elaza. He says to me, this act should be prohibited to you if I have any other acts other than this one. Now I will say, the point that Ruv is trying to make is, I can't lend it to you because I only have one, right? I only have one cow. 
I only have one I only have one X. Take a quick look. Take a quick look at Rashi actually. So look at Rashi, two, three lines down from the top, end of the third line. Osha Amarlo, here just Rashi's translating the case. My property should be ushered to you. If I have another cow other than this one. So that's the point. The point that Ruben's trying to make over here is, I only have one cow. Everything should be ushered to you. Or, or my, right? Everything should, the power should be ushered to you if I have another cow other than this one. He's making this statement because he's trying to show me that Allah he only has one cow. Now what happened? Turns out, turns out, Venimsa Shieshla. So I say, it turns out he's got another cow. It turns out that he's got another ox. So now the Shaila is what what happens now with his property? So I'll say so the Gemara says, very simple. Bechayev Asr. Bechayev Asr. So while Ruben is alive, now his cows and his axes will be Asr to me. Will be Asr to me. Take a look at the run for just a moment, three lines down from the top. Run Bechayev Asr. So if it turns out that Reuven really does have another cow, or really does have another axe, ultimately, again, everything becomes prohibited to me. Okay, fine. They will say, so now, that's, key, that's part one. Part two, mace, what happens now, Reuven dies. Or Reuven gifts me something, gifts me a cow, or gifts me an axe, then what's talacha? Hareze motor. Ultimately, again, it's mutter. So, we'll say, so let's go through both of these cases. So remember again, mace, so let's look at the run again. We'll say, it's the last wide line on the top. Mace, oshinas lo matana harihu mutter. Mishum dechi mace, oshinas lo matana, lo paraso, velo kardumo, velo nechasafhe. So we'll say, so remember again, what's the pshat? So remember, it turns out that Reuben has another, uh, another cow or another axe. So therefore, again, his cows and his axes become asr to me. Now the Gemara says, okay, Reuben dies. So once Reuben dies, what's that law? Huh? Everything becomes permitted. Rebbe said, why does it become permitted? Why? It's no longer his. It's no longer his. The other, but Rebbe said, but here's what's striking to us. If Reuben gifts any of this to me, it also becomes mutter. Right? It also becomes mutter. Now, both say, what's the, now, why is that? Again, the Ran explains, because when Ruvain gifts it to me, it's no longer what? Yes. It's no longer his. Whoa. But that contradicts what we just said before. Because what did we say before? We said, both say, again, this was the question that Rav Chia Bar Avid asked of Rava. Ruvain says, Kikari Alecha. My Kikar is Asr to you. My Kikar is Asr to you. And now, Ruvain gifts it to Shimon. We kind of established on Lamed Herbert Bays that the giving of a gift does not remove the kikari status from the loaf. So beforehand we said giving a gift does not remove the prohibition or does not remove the does not remove the, the loaf from the ownership of Ruvain. Here we're saying that giving a gift does remove ownership from the item. So as the pshat. So we'll say this is actually incredible. That's not a kasha. Why listen to this? say in this case, in this case, where Ruvain, where ultimately again, where the Bryce has said, where the Bryce has said that if Ruvain gifts me an axe, it's mutter. Ruvain is not gifting it to me directly. What is Ruvain doing? Ruvain is giving it to Shimon, and Shimon is giving it to me. Now, what's the mile of that case? The mile of that case is. There is a change of ownership that happens independent of me. So in other words, the fact that that axe was given from Ruvain now to, a th- to, to Shimon, 
ultimately, fundamentally removes it from Ruven's domain, so that by the time I get it, it's absolutely, there's no vestige of Ruven's ownership upon that item. Take a look at the Ran, again, in the short lines, in the, in the thinner lines, about five lines in, so the Ran says, so Ruvain, the one who made the nether, gave the axe to Shimon, unrelated party, and then ultimately Shimon gives the axe to me. So I will say, so in that case, in that case, everyone will agree that any vestige of ownership of Ruvain who made the nether is no longer there. And I will say, contrast that with the case in Lamadalama base, because what was the case, what was the case that we had before on 34B? What was the case? The cases where Ruvain made the nether, Kikari Alecha, my Kikar is ushered to you, and then Ruvain gifted that very Kikar to Shimon. So when the person who made the nether is gifting it to the person who was the subject of the nether, the object remains prohibited. The object remains prohibited. It's this case, I will say, that works because here the object is being given to an unrelated party, so therefore the ownership evaporates like that, and then it's being given to the person who was the subject of the nether. That is going to be mutter. Incredible. So I'm Rabashi, I'm Dikani, the Rayat, so I will say is, Shenitnalo, Velokatani, Shenosnalo. Wow, such a great deal. I will say, if you look at the Lushan of the, of the Bryce that we just read, what did it say? It used the Lushan of. Mace, right, in the case we were just doing over here. Mace, if Ruvain died, right, if Ruvain died, oh, shenitnalo b'matana. I both say, what, how do you translate shenitnalo? Shenitnalo means it was given to him. Now, it was given to him sounds like it's happening how? Through an unrelated third party. As opposed to the notion of shenosnalo, is a much more directed act of giving, which would sound like an act of ruving to me. Shenitnalo means it was given to me again, but from a secondary party. Incredible. So I'll say, so that's into that sugya. So how do we pass it? So I'll say, this actually is a really good case. So once again, let's go back to our original case. Ruben says to Shimon, Kikari Alecha, right? My Kikar is usher to you. Now Ruben gifts the loaf to Shimon. So what's the halacha? So say, here we go. The Rambam writes, Hilchos Nedarim, Perek Hey, Halacha Zayin. Here we go. Ha'omer lechaveiro, Kikari Zu Asura Alecha. Ruvain says to Shimon, My loaf, this loaf, this loaf, is usher to you. Afa Matana, Harezu Asura Alov. Raman Paskins, Raman Paskins, even though Ruvain gifts the loaf to Shimon, now, I will say, again, what's the Havamina? I would have thought that maybe when the loaf is gifted, it's no longer what? It's no longer what? It's no longer Kikari. It's no longer my loaf. It's no longer Ruvain's loaf. Kamash Mulan, though, even once he gifts it, it still retains its Isra. So even if, it, even if Shimon gets that very loaf from Ruvain, can't eat it. Now, watch this. Mace, if Ruvain dies, the will be Rusha, and let's say again, Shimon inherits Ruvain. Oh, Shenasna lo acher bematana. Or I'll say what happens. Ruvain gave the loaf to Levi, and Levi then gives it to Shimon. Harezimuteras. Ultimately, again, it's motor. It's motor. Why? Shalo amar lo ela kikari vahari eina ato shalo. Because I'll say it makes a lot of sense. In the case of death, in the case of death, I'll say one of the most humbling things about death is there is no ownership in death. Right? No matter how much you've acquired, no matter how much you've acquired, I remember 
years and years ago, years ago, there was a news story about a guy who was an avid car collector, and he left in his uh, he left in his matseva that he wanted his Mercedes to be cast in I guess like maybe concrete or stone, and that was his matseva. That was his matseva, right? And people are saying, wow, like they were still like his love for cars so much. When you read it, you're like pathetic. Mm. Pathetic, right? First of all, that, like that's what you want to be remembered by by your Mercedes. I mean, Mercedes is a nice car, right? But 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 but, but La Maisa, like, but that's in our, but but what you see deep down, deep down, what was it? Why does a person want? Um, why does he want his car to be his matseva? It is a futile effort to take it with you, right? And it doesn't work. Somebody once told me it was actually Bernie Kraft once told me a great a great line. He said the hearse doesn't have a luggage rack. Right? Such, such a good, such a good line. So I say, we spend our lives trying to acquire things, thinking that those things will make us happy. And at the end, or give us status, or make us chashev. And it's nice to enjoy nice, well, it's very nice to enjoy nice things. But Lamaisa, after 120, which goes by in a heartbeat, you take absolutely none of it with you. You take your box, you take your tachrichim, and that's what you take. That's what you take. Nothing else goes with you to the grave. An incredible, incredible yisod. All right, it just got very heavy. It just got very heavy. Okay. okay so I'll say, so ultimately, again, it's too early to be so heavy. So the, 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 the idea, so I'll say, the idea over here is when you die, right? So Ruben said, kikari alecha. Right? So Ruben says to Shimon, my love is up. So guess what? Ruben, you die. But I said, what? Listen to the Moser. When you die, even the loaf of bread that was yours is not yours. Nothing is yours the moment you die. You relinquish ownership over everything. Incredible. Even your loaf of bread. So therefore, again, if he dies, the loaf is permitted. Or if it's given as a gift via a third party. In other words, Shabbos say, so in other words, there has to be something essential. Essentially, what I'm saying is like this. In order for Shimon to benefit from that loaf, ultimately, again, there must, be, there must be a break in the loaf relationship between Ruben and Shimon. So anything that directly... So again, if Ruben dies, that's the break in the ownership. Right? Or if Ruben gives it to another party and the party then gives it to Shimon, that's going to be permitted as well. Okay, that's how the Rabbah has said. Let's go back there. So, this is a very interesting case. So we'll say, very interesting. So remember again, in, in all of our cases, in, in, the last, in the last couple of cases, we've been using the, the kinui of kona. Right? Remember again, I will say an equivalent or, or a similar term of kona. Remember, what is kona? What's kona? Karma. So essentially what I'm saying is konam kikar zu alai, or konam kikar zu alecha. This kikar should be konam. So I'll say, let's play this out for just a moment. Let's say the nedra I make, is konam kikar zualai. This this loaf of bread should be carbon to me. Shabbos so said the Gemara now is asking. Rava is asking for Nachman. How literal do we take that statement? Is is the person literally making the loaf like a carbon? That will say now if something is designated as a carbon and you use it for your own mundane use. What's talacha? What have you violated? Meila. Shabbos so said, listen to this interesting shaila. If I make a neder that says konam kikar zualai, and I eat the loaf. Perhaps you are suggesting I'm in violation of two prohibitions. Number one, lo yachal dvara, violated my nether. And maybe number two, what? Meila. Meila. Or maybe I've literally made this into a carbon to the point that if I benefit from it, it's actually meila as well. Take a look at the ran. This is great. The ran is right across. Almost right across. Yesh meila bikonamos on the left hand side. Ha'oser dvara alav bikonam. 
if I ask her something to myself via a konam, I say something is called konam, something is a carbon, and now I get benefit from it. Mi mechayev mi'ila olo. Am I chayev mi'ila or not? Ni aminan da so carbon. The chayev alav asham mi'ila kinena mena kachim. So we'll say, what a good kasha. See here, we've, we've always looked at the lotion of konam as just a kinui for the creation of a nether. Now the Gemara says maybe Konam actually creates an actual carbonic situation to the point that if now I benefit from that loaf, I'm actually in violation of the laws of Me'ila. To which the Gemara says, Amr Leitini Sua, we learn this. Makom Shinot Schar Tipal Lehektish. Now both say, remember again, let's go back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah is talking about the things that even if I made a neder, prohibiting someone from deriving any benefit from me, certain things that I'm still allowed to do. Amongst those things I'm still allowed to do is what? Return their lost object to them, right? So I make a neder, Reuben, you cannot get any benefits from me. And now Reuben loses an object. I could return the lost object to Reuben. But, I will say, but, the Mishnah said, if you normally pay a person a couple of shekel for doing such a thing like that, the money has to go to Hegdish. So the Gemara says, wow, why does the money have to go to Hegdish? And I will say, I just want to point out, Durant points this out. He says that in, there, there is a concept that sometimes in halacha, if you get money, you're not allowed to benefit from that money. So I will say, there's an expression that Chazal used. The expression is, Throw the money into the Dead Sea. Which is another way of saying you can't get benefit. So why doesn't the Mishnah say that? Why does the Mishnah Dafka say that if you get money for Ashava Saveda, for turning a lost object, what do you have to do with it? It goes to Hagdish. Why to Hagdish? So listen to this. So the Gemara says, So the Memra, Ki Hagdish. Rabbi will say, because what it's saying is, what it's saying is that ultimately, again, this nether is the equivalent of hagdish. Ma hagdish yesh bo me'ila, af konamas yesh bo me'ila. Just like Rabbi will say, hagdish is subject to me'ila, so to a konam vow also creates me'ila. So I will say, so the fact, so in other words, the Mishnah is telling me in a veiled fashion, the fact that the Mishnah says, if you get money for the, if I get money for the act of returning the, the stolen object, the lost object to Ruvain, now again, Ruvain, I made a nether, I made a konam that he can't get benefit from me. So what do I have to do with the money? It goes to Hagdish. Why? Because I'm under the penalty of a konam, or under the power of a konam. And we'll say what the Mishnah is telling me in a nuanced fashion is, a konam not only creates a nether situation, but what? Creates a me'ila situation. Therefore, we'll say it would turn out that whenever you make a konam nether, if you go ahead and you violate it, you're in violation of two things. Number one, lo yachal profaning your word, violation of the nether. And number two, potential mi'ila, misuse, or inappropriate use of sacred property. To which the Gemara says, in reality, kitanoi. This is a machlokes tanoi. In other words, whether or not a konam creates mi'ila. Here we go. Konam kikar zuhagdish. So we'll listen to this. A person says, konam kikar zuhagdish. Right? So we'll say, a person says, literally again, konam, this, this loaf should become like hagdish. And once I eat the loaf, somebody eats the loaf. So I, I make the nether. I make the nether. And either I eat the loaf, my friend eats the loaf. What's the halacha? Ma'al. Wow. They've committed me'ilah. They've literally committed me'ilah. L'fichach yesh l'pigyon. So we'll say, now by the way, now it works both ways. Anything that's subject to me'ilah that's consecrated also means what? It could be redeemed. So that's the good part also. In other words, it works, in other words, it creates a chumrah that now mamish is, it's like hekdish, but it can also be redeemed. However, kikar zu alai, if a person says, kikar zu alai la hekdish, this loaf should be unto me for hekdish, va'achla, and he eats it, humao, 
We'll say in that case, because I've phrased the konam only as a prohibition to me, ultimately, again, only I've committed me'ilah, but my friend, if he eats the loaf, has not committed me'ilah, lefichach, in lepidyon, Therefore, it has no redemption to Rebbe Meir. That's Rebbe Meir. Cham Cham say, Benkach u Benkach lo ma'al l'fi she'en mi'ila b'konah. So what's that now? The Cham come along and say, what are you talking about? This is a neder. This is not hegdish. And even if you use the lashon of konam, konam does not create mi'ila. I should say, konam does not create hegdish. What does konam create? What does konam create? Neder. Which I both say, again, just logical, the Chavim is, to be makdish something requires das. You're making a neder over here. Now again, could you have simultaneous das for both nedarim and hekdish? Sure. But that would need to be a bit more explicit. In the absence of an explicit desire to make something consecrated, the Lushan of Konam was established by Chazal as a kinui, as an equivalent term to affect a neder, not to affect hekdish. Therefore, the Chavim say, when you use Lushan of Konam, all you're doing is making a nether, you are not making something hectish, and therefore, again, there is no discussion about mi'ilah in these cases. interesting. So what happens in the following case? What happens if halacha lamaisa again? What happens if halacha lamaisa? A person says, Kikari, uh, I'm sorry, kikari alecha, right? So again, this goes back to our previous case. I say to Ruvain, Ruvain, my kikar should be usher to you. Okay, konam, my kikar should be usher to you. Okay? So ultimately, again, so now I go ahead and I give it to Ruvain as a gift, right? And Ruvain eats it, and Ruvain eats it. So has someone committed mi'ila? So, so the Gemara says, lim ol, so the Gemara says, lim ol, no sin halo asira la. So listen to this. So if I go ahead, so, so, who potentially committed mi'ilah? If it's the no-sing, if it's me giving the gift, ultimately, again, the loaf's not usher to me. Remember again, I both said, what's the nedra I'm making? The nedra I'm making is, this loaf should be usher, right? Ruven, kikari, konam, kikari alecha. Right? My loaf should be like a carbon to you. So I both say, so now the Gemara asks, I give it now to Ruven as a gift, as someone committed mi'ilah. So the Gemara says, well, well, who would be committing mi'ilah over here? It's not me. It's not me. Why? Why is it not me? The loaf's not usher to me, right? So it can't be me. Lim al mekavel. If it's Ruvain, yachol da amar hetera ba'isi Israel ba'isi. Ruvain can say, "Listen, I never had in mind to take receipt of anything that's prohibited or to enjoy anything that's prohibited. Only something that's permitted. So it can't be me that it's usher." Amrale mekavel ma'al lechishiyotzi. So this is very interesting. No, no, no. The potential ultimately is. The potential ultimately is for the mekabal, right? Mekabal ma'ok l'shiyotzi. So we'll say the person who receives the gift, ultimately, again, could go ahead and potentially be, commit mi'ila. But we'll say if you take a look, if you take a look at the ran, the ran says over here, um, yeah, mekabal mekabal ma'ok l'shiyotzi. Fine. 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 Mekabal ma'ok so the Gemara says it could very well be that it's Ruven who receives it who could commit me'ilo when when he somehow transfers the the loaf 
from ultimately Reuven's domain to his domain. Why? Because I will say, the way Me'ila works, interestingly enough, there's sometimes even a transference of an item from the domain of Hekdish to the domain of Chulin could in and of itself affect a level of Me'ila. Okay, I will say, so, Halach Lamaisa, the Gemara ends it off, ultimately as a Machlokas. As a machlokis, we're going to see. We're not finished with this yet, even though we're going to a new mishnah. We're going to see. We're going to see the Rambam on this, in this in just a little bit. But I was just want to point out the Yoris introduces something quite shocking. I'll tell you why. We've been dealing with konelos for a while already, right? For a while already, it is fascinating, and we've always assumed that as much as konam means carbon, it doesn't really mean carbon. What does it mean? What does it mean? Neder. It's now quite shocking to begin to realize that the Gemara is entertaining the possibility that maybe konam actually means carbon. And maybe ultimately, again, what the person is, act, is, is creating is that when I say konam kikar zu alai, I'm creating a dual iser. Number one of neder, number two of carbon, to the point that if I, or, the, or for that matter, the subject of the vow, are in violation of the neder, there's in fact dual prohibitions. One, a violation of a neder, and number two, of me'ila. So, so is there me'ila by konamos? The takeaway is machlokes. Machlokes. Resolution, Amir Hashem, we'll see. But we'll say, Amad Beis. Amad Beis. Great case. So we'll say, listen to this. We are continuing, we are continuing in this same topic, which is, it was just to play this out. Ruvain says to Shimon, Ruvain says to Shimon, for example, konam she'en Right? Konam, I take a nether that I will not give you any benefit. That's the nether, right? So Reuven says, essentially to Shimon, Shimon, you can't benefit from me. You see, remember, you can phrase it in two ways. Reuven says, I will not give you any benefit, or any benefit I give is usher to you. And Shimon, you cannot benefit from me. It's the same nether. Even if Reuven made this nether so that he's unable to provide Hanoa to Shimon, the Mishnah is going on with a list of things that Reuven could still do. For example... Ruvain could go ahead and tithe Shimon's property with his knowledge. With his knowledge. So he could take Trumas and Maestros for Shimon with Shimon's knowledge. And that's not considered to be Hano. What else could he do? So listen to this. Let's say in our example over here, right? So Ruvain takes a nether. Konam, konam, hana asi alecha. Any hana, Ruben says, any hana that I could give you is, is also like a carbon unto you, unto you, Shimon. So therefore, Shimon cannot get any hana from Ruben, right? So now the Mishnah says, okay, okay, while that's true, there are still certain things that Ruben could still do for Shimon, like we saw in the previous Mishnah, right? He could go out and pay his half shekel. He could return his lost object. He could pay off his debts. So now I'm continuing in that. Ruvain could go ahead and separate out Shimon's Shumas and So we'll say, watch this. Let's say Ruvain's a Kohen. Let's say Ruvain's a Kohen, right? And Ruvain made this nether that ultimately Shimon can't get any benefits from him, okay? Now watch this. Shimon shows up in the base of Mikdash and Shimon has Kabanos he has to offer. Ruvain is the Kohen on call, right? So the Mishnah says Ruvain could offer up Shimon's Kabanos. Now, what we're going to see, what's intriguing, I will say, if you look, if, again, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says at the end of the first line, So we'll say, again, if Ruben's a Kohen, 
Ruben's the one who made the nether that Shimon can't get any benefit from him. Ultimately, I will say now, it's interesting that the Mishnah phrases this as Ruben could offer up Shimon's bird pairs. Bird pairs, kine zavin, kine zavos. Which I will say the bird pairs often up for zivos. Or kine yoldos, the bird pairs offered up for a yolda, this woman who gives birth. Chatos and ashamos. And sin offerings. Sin <coughs> offerings. What else can Ruben do for Shimon? Omelando. Medrish halochas va'agados. Again, ultimately, if Ruben is a tamtrakam, Ruben can teach Shimon medrish halacha agada avalo ilamdeno mikra. What can't Ruben teach Shimon? Chomish. Chomish. Okay, why that distinction of the scene in Gemara? Avamalami who has banav vespinosa mikra. But Ruben can teach Shimon's children everything, including chomish. Okay, so therefore I will say again, just to be clear on what the topic of the mission is, same case as before. Ruven has taken a nether, prohibiting Shimon from getting any level of benefit from him. The mission is continuing in the list of things where even if there's a nether, things that Ruven is still permitted to do for Shimon. So essentially we have three categories, right? Part one, part right category one is Trumas Amaisrus. Ruven can separate out Shimon's Trumas Amaisrus with Shimon's knowledge and consent. Number two, if Ruven's a Kohen, Ruven could offer up Shimon's Karbanos. And number three, Ruven could teach Shimon Torah. With, with the interesting exclusion of Chomish. But yet, to Shimon's children, Ruven could teach everything. Okay, let's analyze. We'll say, so now this is incredible. Says the Gemara. We'll say, this is great. Ibailahu. Hanika hani shluchei didan havu o shluchei dishmaya. So I'll say, listen to this. Such a yisodistic question. They will say, who do the Kohanim work for? Who do the Kohanim work for? Or, or better stated, who do the Kohanim represent? When the Kohanim are in the Beis HaMikdash, who do they represent? Are they the representatives of Klal Yisrael? Shluchi Didan? The Kohanim are say, again, really, what happens is every Jew should be able to do the Avod in the Beis HaMikdash. But the Baruch Hu says, that's not feasible. So therefore, again, the Kohen is my Shaliyach. I have to offer up Karbanos. I can't do it myself. The Kohen is the extension of me. He's my Shaliyach. Or maybe not. Maybe the Kohen is ultimately, again, a representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Klal Yisrael. So we'll see here the Shaila. Does the Kohen represent us, Klal Yisrael, to Hashem? Or does the Kohen represent Hashem to us? What a machlokes. What a machlokes. So the Gemara says, listen to this. Lamay nafkamina. What does it matter? Oh, it matters a lot. Lemudar hana. Well, I'll tell you why it matters. Here I go, I'll say it matters in terms of what happens, like in a case like we were just describing. I take, I go over to my local, local Kohen, and I say to the Kohen, I make it nether not to get any benefit from you, Kohen. Hey, so I'll say, so now watch this. If you say that the Kohen is the representative of Klav Yisrael, so the Gemara says, Hamahani Asar. So I'll say, if he's my Shaliyah, and I made a nether not to get benefits from him, guess what? Guess what? I can't benefit from him. In other words, I can't have him offer up my karbonos. Conversely, but if we look at the coin as the representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then what? Even if I made a nether not to get benefit from him, I can still have him offer up my karbonos. Why? That's not called getting benefit. That's not called a personal benefit. Because when the coin offers up the karbonos, we'll say, who is you offering it up on behalf of? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's not my shaliyah. He's the Ribbon Shal Olam Shaliach. I will say incredible. So what my so what's Talacha? Who do the Kohanim work for? 
So we'll say that's how we actually answer this from our Mishnah, which is quite interesting. So Tashma, this is now we learn Makriva love Kinei's oven. So we'll remember again, what did the Mishnah say? So we'll say this is the Mishnah's case, right? Ruvain makes a nadar to Shimon saying, Shimon, you cannot get any benefit from me. And I will say in the case of the Mishnah, Ruvain is a Kohen, Shimon shows up with his Kabanos. What did the Mishnah say? What did the Mishnah say? Ruvain could offer them up. So what do you see from here? So we'll say again, so obviously, if you hold that the Kohen is the Shaliyah of the Jew, of, of Klal Yisrael, of, of Yisraelim, then ultimately, how could the Kohen offer up, how could Reuben offer up Shimon's Kabanos? He's giving Shimon Hanah, the Gemara says. So by the fact, by the fact that it says that Reuben could offer up Shimon's Kabanos, so we'll say, what does that show you? That the Kohanim are not the Shaliyah of Klal Yisrael, the Kohanim are the Shaliyah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why the Kohen, even though, again, he's, he's made a nether, Reuben's made a nether, not to give any benefit to Shimon, Reuven could still offer up the Karbanos. The Gemara says, okay, let me ask you this question. listening Karbanos. The Gemara says, can I ask you, why does the Mishnah give such specificity? Was like, the Mishnah says, Reuven, who made a nether not to give any benefit to Shimon, if Reuven's a Kohen, he could offer up Shimon's bird pairs for Zivos, for, for childbirth, Chataos and Ashamos. It was like, you just simplify the Mishnah. How do you simplify the Mishnah? Let it say, Right, Ruben could offer up what? Karbanas. Karbanas. Why, why Dafka mention these specific types of Karbanas? To which the Gemara listen to this. Ella, mechusare kapara shayni. So say, this is very interesting. The common denominator amongst the Karbanas mentioned in the Mishnah is that they provide atonement. There are different types of Karbanas. There are some karbanos that ultimately, again, can be voluntary offerings, certain karbanos, right? And there are other karbanos that are, are necessary in order to affect atonement. If you look at the, if the karbanos in the Mishnah, these are all atonement offerings, right? The bird pairs for zivos, persons azav or azava, so their purification process is not complete up until the bird pairs. Ultimately, again, yoledes, same thing. And a chatas and an ashram, a person has transgressed. So these are, these are all situations of mechusari kapara, and the Gemara says, Mechusari Kapara are different. Now, how are they different? We'll say, go right across to the Ran. Very exciting. Right across, right to the right hand side to the Ran. Ella, Mechusari Kapara, shining. Kalomar, Nadarabo, Tifshot Leidoch Gisa, the Havement, the Tanah, Mechusari Kapara, Belochud, Tainzvich and Das, Ma'a. So, truth is, I should read one more line. I'm sorry, back to the Gemara. Don't know if you We'll say, what's different before we go to the Ran? What's different about Mechusari Kapara? Don't know if you Rabbi say, watch this. In general, when you bring a carbon, when you bring a carbon, carbon requires das, right? Intent, right? Intent. I have to intentionally bring. Rabbi say, there's an exception. What's the exception? When I have outstanding carbonos that are necessary in order to affect kapara, those can, those carbonos can be brought on my behalf, even without my knowledge, even without my knowledge. Which we'll say is incredible. So just to play this out, let's say I become a Zav, I become a Zav, and I happen to be sharing this with my friend. Been a difficult week, I've been a Zav, right? It's a close friend. Right? So I'll say, so, so ultimately again, and now I tell him, you know, again, market's not so good, I have to bring my bird pairs and everything like that. He decides to bring my Kabanos on my behalf without my knowledge. It works. It works. Now I will say, that is a unique halacha, but I'll give, I'll, let me contrast that. I'll contrast that, I will say, let's say I come back from a sea voyage, right? The voyage across the sea. So what's the halacha? What do I have to bring? What do I have to bring? Carbon toda. 
If someone brings my toda on my behalf without my knowledge, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's, da- it's fascinating. It's dafka din by mechusare kapara. Only by atonement offerings, someone could bring it on my behalf without my knowledge. The Mishnayis, the, I'm sorry, the examples in the Mishnah are all kapara karbanos. Are all kapara karbanos. Now, I'll say, now look at the run. I'll look at the run. Mechusare kapara shan is so interesting. Kilomar. Vad Rabbah, I can say just the opposite. Tifshot le'idah gisa. Dechevan detana mechusari kapara belachod. So you're both saying the Mishnah is only talking about is only talking about karbanos which affect atonement. Dein tzrichin das. These karbanos in general do not require the intent of the owner. So the Gemara says, Mashma davka hani bishum dechevan dein tzrichin das vaday koin lav shlichusan kavod. This is so fascinating. Remember, let's, let's take a step back for just a moment, right? Let's just, let's just trace back our steps. Remember, we'll say, what's the case on Mishnah? What's our case? Ruben, what does Ruben say to Shimon? Ruben says to Shimon, can't get Hanah from me. I hereby take an enter, you cannot get Hanah from me. What does the Mishnah so we'll say? So now, what happens? Ruben is a Kohen. Shimon rolls into the base of Mikdash. He has Kavanos that have to be offered. What does the Mishnah say? What does the Mishnah say? He can offer it. Now, both say the Gemara says, oh, by the way, this helps us to solve another very intriguing question, which is who do Kohanim represent in the Beis HaMikdash? Are they the Shluchim of Klal Yisrael or the Shluchim of Hashem? It's clear from the Mishnah that they must be the Shluchim of who? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because if the coin was my Shaliach, he wouldn't be able to offer up the Karbanas. Says the Gemara, hold up. Maybe not. Because if you look at the examples of the Mishnah, the Mishnah is only bringing down certain types of karbanos. What type of karbanos? Kapara karbanos. What's unique about karbanos offered up to affect kapara? They can even be offered up without what? Without the intent or knowledge of the owner. So I both say, listen to this. Maybe in that kind of case, where the Kohen, the Ran suggests, and that what the Gemara is suggesting, in that kind of case, where the Kohen is offering a, a, a karban, that doesn't even need the intent of the owner, everyone would agree that the coin in that capacity is not acting as my shaliach, but rather as whose shaliach? As a Kaddish Baruch Hu shaliach. And maybe that's why in this case, the coin is able to offer up the carbon. Back to, back to the round. Vadei koin lav shlichusen ka'avid. Ava b'shar ka'avaros ha'tzrichin das shluchei didan minhu the Elo listening, we're supposed to say, you know what the, this is incredible. It's incredible. Maybe, maybe what the mission is saying is like this. In a case of a carbon that affects kapara, that's where Ruvain the Kohen could go ahead and offer it up on behalf of Shimon, even though Ruvain has an outstanding nether that says Shimon can't get benefit from him. Why? Because in the case of a carbon that comes to affect kapara, that could be offered up even without Shimon's knowledge, even without his intent. So therefore, when Ruvain the Kohen offers that up, He's not acting in the capacity of Shimon's shaliach. Rather, he's the shaliach of Hashem. But perhaps by other karbanos, which absolutely do require, do require the knowledge of the owner or the intent of the owner, maybe in that case, Reuven could not offer them up on behalf of Shimon because Reuven would be acting as Shimon's shaliach. Such an incredible hakir, I will say. So the Gemara says, the Dhamra says read it again. Dhamra Biokunan, Hakol Sri Khandas, kind of explain the whole Gemara, but now let's go through the Gemara. Dhamra Biokunan, Hakol Sri Khandas, in general, Karbanos require intent of the owner, Khutz Mukhusai Kapara, with the exception of, I'll say, ultimately again, of 
Kabanos brought to effect Kapara. How do we know? This is a very interesting. Shahare, Shahare, Adam may be carbon abanav ubnos of Ketanim. Because we'll say a person has the ability, listen to this, to bring a carbon on behalf of his children. Shneemar, Zos Toras Hazov, Ben Godol, Uben Katan. So we'll say the idea over here is I have the ability to offer up a carbon on behalf of my children. Now we'll say again, the, the complexities of a child becoming a Zav, we're not getting into right now. The point over here is I can bring carbonos on behalf of my children. Now, now, why is that interesting? Because the Pashas, the child, may or may not have dance. But what you see from here is that Karbanos brought to effect Kapara do not require das. So again, just full circle. Because we don't want to, we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent for just a moment. Maybe, maybe, what's happening in Mishnah is like this. The Mishnah is very specific with the types of Karbanos that Ruvain the Kohen, who made the nether, is able to offer up on behalf of Shimon, the subject of the nether. And they're dafka karbanos, which affect kapara. So maybe it's only those kinds of karbanos that Reuven could offer up on behalf of Shimon. Why? Because those type of karbanos do not require das. And because they don't require das, therefore Reuven the Kohen is certainly not acting in a shlichos capacity for Shimon. But maybe other karbanos, maybe other karbanos, which do require das, Reuven would not be permitted to go ahead and bring for Shimon. Limar says, by the way, Elamei Atav, Lerbi Yochanan, that will say, Rabbi Yochanan Darshan, Zos Toras Hazav, that, that general statement means that ultimately, again, whether for an adult, whether for a child, you can bring the carbon on behalf of the children as well. Rabbi Yochanan, Zos Toras Hayoledes. So is that true? When the Pasuk gives a general statement, it comes to include children. So when it says, this is the halacha for the Yoledes, Zos Ben Ketana Ben Ketola, is coming to include a minor and an adult. The Gemara says, it can't be. Ketana Bas Leidahi. Is a younger Lakitana capable of giving birth? And back to our days. There are three women who are allowed to use birth control. I will say Moch literally again is an absorbent cloth. That was a barrier method. A barrier method for 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 birth control. Three women who are able to use the Moch. Who are they? Kitana, a minor, Nuhubara, someone who's pregnant, Umeinika, and ultimately a nursing woman. Maybe could become pregnant. The problem is she's going to die as a result of that pregnancy. So we'll say, so therefore again, you can't darshan it to include Kitanim. That general phrase, comes to include that a man could bring a carbon yoledas on behalf of his wife. Whether his wife is a pikachas, pikachas means mentally aware or a shota or insane. Ultimately, again, a man could bring a carbon asher. We'll say this time had a case where, let's say, a man is wealthy. He marries a woman. She was, she was sane at the time they got married. Then what happens? She becomes a shota. She becomes a shota. Shavos, I remember again, carbon yoledis is one of those carbonos that's offered up that's reflective of your financial station in life. So if the husband is an asher, even if his wife is a shota, he still has to bring the higher level carbon on her behalf. The carbon is and I will say ultimately a husband can bring on his wife's behalf any carbonos that she is chayev. Shekach because after all this is written into the ksuva, just as an interesting aside, one of the obligations as spelled out in the ksuva is a husband that has an obligation to pay for all of his wife's carbonos. So if she goes on a carbon spree, yes. right, the carbon spree, 
Right, so Lamaisa again, the husband has holding the bill. So we'll say, so again, that was a little bit of a tangent. So we're going to stop over here today, but I just want to point out we have two outstanding questions. What are our two outstanding questions? Well, it's really one. We'll say, so really what we're asking is, they're fundamentally so by Kohanim. Who do Kohanim represent? Are Kohanim the Shaliach of Klal Yisrael, or are the Kohanim or are the Shaliach ultimately of Akadish Baruch? Now I will say the re- reason that bridges into our Mishnah is Halacha Lamaisa. What happens when there is a situation when ultimately again Reuven takes a neder prohibiting Shimon from getting from getting Hanah from him, and now Reuven is a Kohen? Does Reuven have the ability to offer up Karbanos on behalf of Shimon or not? That resides in this question, and then to try to figure out why the Mishnah Dafka chooses the Kabanos it mentioned to be continued and resolution, including again a say from yet from the previous Sugya, Biyat Hashem tomorrow, Shkoyach. All right, Chavranzum, have a great day, everyone. Good to see everyone. David and Jai from Show, incredible. Thank you.